Christ Community Church is called by the God of all grace for the transforming of life in Middle Tennessee, spiritually, socially, and culturally. Through the power of the gospel, from Franklin to the nations of the world, all for the glory of God. For more information, visit ChristCommunity.org. Good morning, church. The peace of Christ be with you. It is great to be with you this morning. I'm Pastor Randy Lovelace, and I serve here as pastor, and I'm grateful to be with you this morning. want to welcome all of you who are joining us this morning, who are visiting with us. We're grateful that you're here. If you're joining us on the live stream, we welcome you. Members, regular attenders, and all who are here, we wish you a happy new year. It is great to start this new year together uh, this morning in worship. And as a new year begins, we typically want to use the month of August and the month of January to focus more particularly on specific topics that are usually very uh, specifically tied to our vision statement, which is to make and mobilize disciples of Jesus to love, serve, grow, and renew. And so as we begin this new year, we're beginning this new series for the month of January called The Meaning of Discipleship. And we have along with that an adult all-skate, if you will, all adults welcome in our event center for a Sunday class called The Practices of Discipleship because they are meant to go together. And our, our hope is that we can grow deeper in our understanding of what it means to be a disciple. And no better time than this as we begin this series to consider a prayer of commitment. And so I'm going to read a brief passage of scripture from the letter to the Hebrews. And then together, we're going to have a prayer of commitment as we begin this new year. And as the prayer finishes, as we pray it together, which will be on the screen, as that prayer finishes, there will be a time of silence as you consider what we've prayed and what we've sung this morning. And then I'll end that time, and then we'll begin together this morning in this series, The Meaning of Discipleship. So the passage as we begin this new year comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. It is good for us together with one voice to call on the Lord that we would not grow faint or lose heart as we commit ourselves anew this year to following Jesus in his way. So let's pray this prayer together and then a time of silence as we conclude. Together, O Lord, grant us to follow the example of your saints that we may live holy lives inspired by their witness. In your grace, 
Help us to dedicate ourselves to serve you and to live to your glory through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. come before you with our desire to know more of you to follow you in your way but our commitment is not enough without the abiding presence and power of your spirit so Lord I pray for renewal for all of our hearts for time is not something that you are bound by but it is something that we feel bound by. But we want to take this moment in this new year by your spirit, through your word, to commit ourselves again, along with all the saints that we read about in the book of Revelation, which are with you and we are surrounded by them and by the presence of your spirit, renew your people and hear our prayer. Help the teacher as we look to your word. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So this morning, we turn in this first sermon in this series, The Meaning of Discipleship, The Call. It comes from a passage which is familiar to you, whether you've been in church much or not. It comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 and following. If you have your Bibles, please open those uh, or activate them whatever is your choice, or you may simply look on the screen in front of you. But as we consider God's word, uh, again, I want to remind you that merely hearing the word of God read is itself a blessing. So hear now the word of God read to you and over you. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 and following. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning, as we begin this series and we consider this passage, I want us to understand the call. We use the word disciple fairly easily, but it is very churchy language because it is very biblical language. It is used well over 200 times throughout the New Testament alone. So it has meaning, but that doesn't mean we understand what a disciple is. 
So in the beginning of the series, we're going to begin at the basement of what it means as we consider the call. So we're, we're going to look at that. The call. Secondly, the meaning. Thirdly, the source. The call, the meaning, the source. So let's look at that together. The call. The call to discipleship we hear beginning in verse 19. It comes at an incredibly important time. This is at the end of Jesus' ministry. He's been raised from the dead. We see here that there are those who believe they're ready to worship and others who doubted. Isn't it great that the scriptures include that reality? Some doubted. Some gathered close, others stayed afar. They were still wondering, what is this? And so now what we have is Jesus' parting words before he ascends to be with the Father. So it is pretty important to consider what his last words were in the presence of his disciples. Before he would send his Holy Spirit and even before he would ascend. What, it is, what he's telling them is, I'm calling you to do something. And that call first and foremost is he's calling them into the way that the kingdom of God grows. Central to the call of discipleship is how the kingdom grows. And the way that the kingdom grows is multinational. The way this should be read is multi-ethnic, meaning that the gospel should be going forth into all people groups, in all places and in all times. His intention is that the growth of the kingdom is first and foremost from person to person, from people group to people group. And as such, it is also not merely for super-Christians. The way in which the American church in the West, and particularly in North America, we are, and I'm borrowing this phrase, we've lost the art of making disciples. This is a part of discipleship. It is not discipleship alone. And the way that the call of discipleship goes out is that those who are gathered at Jesus' feet have learned what it means to follow Jesus, though imperfectly, way imperfectly. But he's now telling them, I want you to now go out and tell other people among all ethnic groups who I am and what it means to live in the way that I have taught you. It is not an option. Discipleship is not for pastors. It's not for people who work in ministry vocationally. It's not for a certain age of Christian. It is for all Christians. It is not, if you will, for, um, oh, oh goodness gracious, it's not just for the super duty truck people. It's not just for the Lexus people or the Acura people. This is for just very simple, the beginning always to the end of what it means to be a Christian is synonymous with what it means to be a disciple. And we see that what Jesus is doing before he says anything else, he's telling them this is the way that the kingdom is going to grow. And what does that call look like? He called them to relationship. 
and learning to follow in the way that he taught them to live. Period. It's not complicated, but it's hard. It's not complex, but it costs something. But what's interesting is, is that we've forgotten the art of discipleship And we think that the call of discipleship means that we're supposed to go somewhere else. Isn't that what the disciples did? Here's where we often miss. We are not the disciples. We are disciples. We're not the disciples. So therefore, what we learn is we're not called to leave our jobs, although that may be the case for you at some point, or it may call you to move somewhere else. It may call, the Lord may call you to do all kinds of things, but discipleship, is something that we are called to where we live, what we're doing, and in the relationships that you have. To be very clear, the call to discipleship is not, we're going to change the world. Let me say that again. The call to discipleship is we're going to change the world. No. Nope. The way the world changes is an effect of something that starts right here with each and every one of you, where he has you, where you live, and the relationships that you have. That is the laboratory of God's calling you to discipleship. And as we learn to hear the call where we are, we learn what it means to follow in the way of Jesus and the effect of more and more people learning the way of Jesus hearing the call of Jesus, answering that call, and one step at a time, learning to walk in the way of Jesus, the world will be changed. But the world changing is His work. He's called you and me to hear His word, to watch His way, and to follow Him. But what is the meaning then of discipleship. If the call is that Jesus calls us into relationship with him, what is the meaning of it? What is actually discipleship? <clears throat> Excuse me. What word would we use if we didn't use the word discipleship? The best word I think it is is the way Jesus understood it. To be a student of someone else. To be an apprentice. To be a student of someone else is not a mystery. And as I said earlier, it's not complicated. It's hard, but it's something that I think we can all grasp. Everyone in this room is a student of somebody else. See if you agree. A couple years ago, this really great group of suburban dads, I think somewhere in California, did this hilarious video which has reappeared and gone viral called Dad's Life. And uh, it's reappeared in different places, but I think I found the origin. It it went viral. I'd never seen it before this week. Uh, It lands exactly where I am and I think can help us understand a little bit. So I'm going to do an imperfect job of reading a couple of the lyrics. See if you hear what it means to be a student. Okay? Okay. I've been working on that Reno. I've got them paints and stains, ship lapping like a boss. You can call me Chip Gaines. 
My window panes thermal treated for efficiency, they'll pay for themselves by 2043. I turn a honey-do list into honey-done. I can flip a half-bath in a half-day sun. I'm in the zone. I'm on my grind. I only had to use YouTube four times. <laughs> how many of you recently have said, if you don't know how to do it, YouTube it? <laughs> how many of you have a YouTube channel that you check regularly? Yep. Anybody willing to admit that they check their YouTube channel that they follow every day? Yep, right here. How many of you said, I don't know the answer, but I know Google does? <laughs> How many of you have contributed at all and ever donated to Wikipedia because you've been a student of Wikipedia? Yeah, there's about 1.1.0001% of us who've done that, but I'm telling you, we're a student of somebody. And the reality is we're following and learning and being apprentice of someone. And so this translated into the Christian faith is precisely the meaning of discipleship. First and foremost, being a student, studying what Jesus has said and how he lived. And that meaning of how Jesus lived is not abstract, but incredibly concrete. And it means learning to discipline ourselves to understand what Jesus did and how he did it. I'm grateful for the work of Dr. Dallas Willard. If you're not familiar with Dr. Dallas Willard, go to Amazon. He is a great teacher, no longer living, but perhaps one of the greatest Christian writers of the 20th and 21st century. And one of the things that he spent most of his adult life on is reminding the church that we are called at the heart of being a Christian is the meaning of discipleship. And this is one of the things that he said. Discipleship can be made concrete by actively learning how to love our enemies Bless those who curse us. Walk the second mile with an oppressor. In general, living out the gracious inward transformations of faith, hope, and love. Such acts carried out by a disciple, a student of Jesus, will manifest grace, peace, and joy that will be shocking to the world. Again, learning to love our enemies, bless those who curse us, walk the second mile with an oppressor, and in general, living outwardly the inward reality of faith in Jesus, love, joy, and peace. And in doing so, it will be shocking to the world. If we all committed today by the Spirit of the living God that this week I'm going to learn to pray for one person that absolutely gets on my nerves. 
I cannot think of a more concrete way of learning to be a student of Jesus. Right there. Learning, praying for that person who you believe at work or at school or in a relationship or your family, you believe is against you. To pray for that person. It doesn't need to be a complex prayer. It can, you can pray that God's grace would be poured out on them. As simple as that. For this is what Jesus did. To love your enemies. To bless those who curse you. Very simply. To go and to bless someone who is in need and you've not been asked. It could be simply writing a card. It could be going by for a visit. It could be ordering flowers to have them delivered. It could be getting a gift card to a favorite restaurant. There are ways when we begin to see how Jesus over and over every day blesses us, gives us grace, invites us into the reality that he's praying for you and for me every single day. That begins to work in us and slowly, one step at a time, work itself out through us. That is the meaning of discipleship. But the last thing is the source. Here is the news. No matter what we commit to, we're not going to get it right. It's going to be imperfect. We're going to get it wrong. But here's the good news. The good news, he knows that. And none of our desiring to follow him and to walk in his ways will earn us one iota of grace because he's already beat us to the punch. This is not about earning God's favor. This is not about getting right with God. No, no, no. God has already gotten you right with him through his son, Jesus. The source of discipleship, the source of the call, the source of the meaning is Jesus himself. He tells us this in verse 18 and verse 20. When he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Two other ways of translating that. First, uh, Dr. N.T. Wright in his translation says, all authority in heaven and on earth, he said, has been given to me. Peterson in his work, the message, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. So God is the authority. God is the source. And that authority is now over the call and the meaning of discipleship, which means the source of it is not you, it's not me, but it is God's authority in his word, but it gets even better than that. Not only is he the source of the authority and the calling and the meaning, it is what we all need to be reminded of, and that is his presence. When he says to them, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, is the NIV translation. Again, N.T. Wright, and look, I am with you every single day to the very end of the age. Peterson, I'll be with you 
As you do this day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. We spent the month of December looking as we are a people of Advent, of waiting for the second coming of Jesus. A people of waiting, but a people of longing and hope that Jesus is coming again. That is his priority. It's on God's timetable, but we can long for it and hope for it. But between this very moment and until he returns, we hear the call, the meaning of being a student of Jesus, but that Jesus is with us day after day after day. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune presence of God is with you this moment. And he promises to be with you every day until Jesus comes again. It is that source, it is that presence that enables us to say, Jesus, I don't get discipleship. It's intimidating to me. I feel like it's for other people. I'm afraid of what you're going to call me to do. But your word tells me to simply study who you are and how you do things. Would you help me? This, my friends, is the call of discipleship. There's more that we're going to say. But I am grateful to say that it is not rocket science. But it is hard. And here's how I want to leave it with you today. In this new year, as we turn on our phones, we get our news, we consider all the things that are around us in the world that is so much noise. The thing I want to counsel you and shepherd you through this morning is this. Do not fall prey to the fallacy that things will always go on as they are. That is the fallacy of permanence. Things are not permanent. How we live life today may not be how we live life next year or five years from now. Our retirement is not guaranteed to go up. Our house values are not guaranteed to go up. Our children may not succeed as we hoped or expected they would. Our parents will not be the parents we want them to be or need them to be as we hoped they would. People will love us and people will stab us in the back. We will have a job today and we may lose it tomorrow. We may have our health today, but receive a diagnosis tomorrow. I say this as a son who's walking with his mother in her last days. And my mom used to say something to me, and she wouldn't like the fact that I would argue with her over this. And she would say to me, Randy, this too shall pass. And I've had to say to her, Mom, it might not. Where is your anger? And so in hearing my own words and preparing for this morning, I want to share with you my memory verses for the year of why I need God's word 
And I say this to you with all humility. Paul said, I have not attained to all these things. I have not attained fully to understand the call, (laughs) the meaning, and the source. I have not attained to these things. But I, by all Christ's appointment and promise, am striving to walk and follow Jesus. I still get angry and I'm impulsive. I don't think things through. I can be rude, unkind, and selfish. I am a work in progress. And yet, friends, I am a fellow disciple in the way. And I say to you as your shepherd, as Paul did to Timothy, follow me as I seek to follow Jesus. And Jesus led me to these verses. These are not your verses, but I want to let you in. And these verses came to me this week through one of the places where I'm learning to follow Jesus. And it is from the the book of Daniel, chapter 2. And Daniel looked to God and he praised God and he said these words aloud. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in the darkness and light dwells with him. I need greater wisdom. My hope needs to be in him and not in the fallacy of permanence as we might understand it. I need wisdom beyond my years. I need his word as light in the darkness when I cannot see. I need patience and love in my heart in the midst of very difficult and broken situations. I need this call you need this call. But I'm here to testify that where Jesus calls, he is. And what he calls us to do, he gives us the grace and the spirit and the strength to do it. Let's pray together. Come, Lord Jesus, teach us simply to walk in your way, to be students and apprentices of who you are. May your word loom large in our hearts and our minds. Not how much we know, but just the little bit where you tell us how to love and to show grace and to give forgiveness. Help us to take one step by your spirit for you have promised to be with us day after day after day until you come again. That the kingdom of God would grow as we seek one step at a time to hear the call and to follow Jesus. Father, I pray for any this morning who heard this invitation for the first time or perhaps for the hundredth time, but have never said yes, 
I pray that by your spirit, you would call them this morning. That by your grace and trusting in you, they would walk with you for this day being the first day. Do this, I pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.